is a very sensitive point. It's not something to make a blanket judgment, but our principal as Mufti Ibrahim Sahib mentioned this. I heard it directly from him. There was a very elderly person who I know very well, knew very well. He passed away a long time ago. Haji Siddhar from Stanger he used to be the, while he was alive, the Amir of the Jamaat in Stanger. He passed away in Jamaat in America. So he had mentioned Mufsab directly. Now this is talking about maybe he passed away when I was still in my schooling days. So this story might be maybe over 50 years ago's incident, maybe even long before that too, that he had gone for Hajj. And when he got there, now obviously that those days wasn't so easy like it is nowadays. People decide today they want to go for Hajj. Now okay, with this little bit of the issue of accreditation and so on. Otherwise before this accreditation came, person decides sometimes he wants to go for Hajj and tomorrow he starts doing his booking and the third day is gone already. Many a times this happened like this. But in that time it was not so straightforward and easy. So people, even financially too, it was not everybody that could just afford it. Very few people could, comparatively, very few people could afford it. So he's now planning, mashallah, and a person very involved in deen, the work of deen. So he was now building up this spiritual self of his. He's building up, and he's going for hajj. And mashallah, finally the time came, and he went now. He reached Makkah Mukarrama. Now he's there, now he's over the time that he's, Preparing and as the time is building up, this enthusiasm is growing, everything is coming at a height. Now he's right here. He's landed in Makkah Mukarama. And now suddenly he's finding himself very, very down, very low spiritually. Everything he's doing, he's performing his salah, he's doing everything, he's not getting involved in any wrong. But that enthusiasm, that drive, that was growing all the time, back at home, as the days were getting closer. Suddenly that whole drive has died down. That whole enthusiasm has just fizzled out. And he's feeling very spiritually lethargic. Oh, he's doing everything, mashallah. And now several days are passing and this is, and a person who, now he knows what his purpose is, why he's come here, and he's come to take something. So now, somebody who's come there for shopping, somebody who's come there for sightseeing and touring and all these things, he'll carry on like nothing happened. It won't even affect him. He won't even feel that anything happened. But somebody who's been growing this whole enthusiasm over time, and now he comes and finds something is not happening here. What's going on? So there was a very great alim at that time, based in Makkah Mukarrama. The Ma Badri Alam Sahib, Rahmatullah was in Madina Munawara or Makkah Mukarrama. I can't remember exactly. So any case he came to him, or oh, it was one of the other senior ulama that was based in Makkah Mukarrama, Ghulam Rasul Rahmatullah He came to him and he told him that, look, I, I can't understand what's going on. This is the situation that I came with from back home as the days were getting closer and this enthusiasm was just growing. And then finally now I've landed here and I'm just feeling completely down. So, all Hazrat said to him, that look, don't buy any food out. That's all he told him. You do what you can on your own, simple food, whatever, cook your own things. 
Uh, he didn't say that. And that's the part I mentioned initially, is a very sensitive thing, that uh, we don't make any blanket judgments. But it's a very big lesson for us. And this we're talking about 60 years ago, maybe 70 years ago, Allah knows. All he told me is, just avoid this. Do your own thing. He says, I took that advice and I just started eating what I was cooking on my own. If I wanted to eat something, I bought it myself. If it was something, maybe some meat he wanted to eat, some chicken or something, he slaughtered it himself and he cooked his own food. Or perhaps he was alone or just however. So that too was an effort, but he undertook that effort. He says it took two days for everything to just normalize. And everything just came back to the, what, what he was hoping it would be and that enthusiasm, that shock, that drive. Now, outwardly, these things don't seem that where's the link, what's the issue. But this is a very deep thing. And this is, as mentioned in the Quran Sharif, this ayat Allah Ta'ala is addressing the Ambiya addressing the messengers of Allah Ta'ala. Ya ayyuhar rusul, kulu wa'amalu saliha. Now, unfortunately, nowadays, everywhere, any place just becomes fine to eat, any place becomes fine to buy from, whether the person is a reliable person or not, where is he sourcing his things from, forget being a reliable person or not, we are not even sometimes conscious whether it's a Muslim or not. This incident we mentioned many times before also, one person in the days when still it wasn't even uh, allowed to stop anyway in the free state for a person who was not a white, the still apartheid days. Now one Muslim person was traveling past, so he stopped at some uh, filling station or whatever, so he went inside to buy something. So now when he went to buy, you see they're selling all kinds of things, they all meat products and whatever else also. It was like just a, like a convenience store, but now this had some other part to it also, all meat products, whatever they're selling. Now this is the apartheid days, so there were no non-whites living in the area, so there was perhaps like a guarantee you could give, there was, Allah, mashallah, Allah knows, there was no Muslim in the area also. Now he sees on big halal side, just written the halal. Now he is 100% sure, this person is not a Muslim, the shop is not Muslim owned, nobody working here is Muslim, there is no Muslims in the area. And now there is this halal sign here, where this became halal from. So he decided to ask the person, that uh, he asked him differently a bit. That uh, the sign, what's the sign? So this person replied, it's a lucky charm. <laughs> he says, a lucky charm. So what do you mean lucky charm? He says, you know, somebody told me, you put this here, you'll see your sales will increase. So a lot of people passing by like you, they also buy. Now this is his lucky charm. So they saw any word there, that word was good enough. So especially if a person sees some Arabic writing, then whether he knows what that means or not to, but because it's Arabic writing, then that's 100%. One person bought a can of canned fish. He bought it in Mukamukarama, canned fish, but it was coming from, it was imported from somewhere else, from one of the European countries. Now it's canned fish. But now on it was a halal stamp. And was written there in Arabic. Now somebody who doesn't know Arabic will just say, mashallah, something. It's a can of fish. So maybe okay, the halal stamp was that maybe no other ingredients of any sort, preservatives or something has been added to say that 
Now this is something hasn't been uh, contaminated with anything haram, possibly on that note. But in Arabic writing is written there, Mazbuhatun ala tariqatil Islam. This has been slaughtered according to Islamic rights. Now there's fish inside. And now there is this writing, mashallah, in Arabic, nicely inscribed, Mazbuhatun ala tariqatil Islam. This has been slaughtered according to Islamic rights. Who slaughtered that fish? When they slaughtered it? Did he face the Qibla or not? We don't even know. So now, even the fish also got slaughtered. How it got slaughtered, that stamp now is... So that stamp on anything, does it mean... How much is it worth? If that stamp could be on a can of fish, and that stamp is on something else, on some can of beef or something, so what is the worth of that stamp? Till a person doesn't know how reliable, what is coming from, where it's coming from. So we can't take chances in this. Any outlet, the rule that we should abide by, obviously a Muslim-owned outlet, Again, without passing judgment on anyone. But for our caution. Our caution, if somebody, to start off with, this is not a healthy thing also. But once in a while, something, somebody wants to buy something, whatever. A Muslim-owned outlet that is owned and run by somebody who is, to the extent that we know, conscious of deen. Apparently, and in his actions. Allah Ta'ala knows the reality. But somebody who is conscious of his deen, you can see the signs of deen on him and you apparently know this person, mashallah, is conscious of deen. That is the least amount of caution we can take. Otherwise, just anywhere and everywhere, this is a very dangerous thing. It's something, there have been some really very, very shocking incidents sometimes that have been found where Muslims, unfortunately, who lost the plot, as they say, lost track of deen. Some person was in one place far away from here, in another province. He was supplying chicken to many Muslims. But then, over time, somebody found out that this person was going and buying all the dead chicken from some white farmer. Now, because it had died on that farm, every now and then, every other day, half a dozen chicken would just die. Whatever, just next morning they wake up, they find some chicken lying dead. So now it's already dead. So that which should have been sold for a certain price, now it'd be sold for a quarter of the price, maybe less than a quarter of the price. Now he was going now because it was just, just died overnight. So now it died overnight, so now it's quickly, if it's skinned and defeathered or whatever, you won't make the difference out. Because it's just a couple of hours now, perhaps. And he was supplying these kind of chicken. So now people will take it for granted, the Muslim person, but there was no sign of any deen in him. There was no sign of that this person, nobody saw him in the masjid. He had a Muslim name, inshallah he's a Muslim also. But he had the same thing, these things become norms sometimes. Small things become, apparently what we call small things become norms. Then people get into these kind of serious things. Now this is beyond all limits. But person is just going on with it and now he's supplying so many Muslims and now they were buying on the trust that this is a Muslim person, he's probably slaughtering it himself, whereas he was going and buying the dead chicken. So this is a very, very important thing that we be very conscious about our food, what we eat, from where we eat, especially in the time that we live, this has become a part of the culture of society, that this eating out culture, this has so many other negatives. 
the person really wants to eat out, as they say, one is that kind of eat out, which my Ustad al the example he gives, or the way he explains it, you know, eat out, then cook the food in your home, and go eat it in the garden. You'll eat out. That's the best eating out, because you cooked it yourself, the wholesome food, that which was cooked by somebody who, inshallah, they recited bismillah, they probably made some, recited some tasbih during the course of that cooking process. All this has its good effects in that food. But other than that, then go and buy it from some reliable place, as we mentioned, according to that caution, and go eat it somewhere else. That environment is not conducive. That environment is not conducive. You want to buy it, buy it, go and eat it somewhere else. Eat it in a place that's conducive. Go take it back home and eat it. So, in any case, this culture unfortunately has become so ingrained in society that if a person hasn't eaten out once a week, twice a week, it becomes like something very, very serious has happened. But in any case, what the point is, that we cannot take chances in this regard. This has become part of the culture, but we can't allow this culture to uh, affect our deen, affect all our amal, and taint our ibadat, because this will now affect everything. So this is the aspect that we were discussing this issue about. Uh, the aspect of food, halal food, how cautious we have to be. And then sometimes, even people in Atikav, in many masjids, this has become the situation. Many masjids, especially in the Oport area, people keep talking about that because at every other 10 meters apart, there's an eating out place. So now, the standard thing becomes that, that restaurant food is ordered, but now from which restaurant again? So, some might be very reliable and some are totally unreliable. So now, where is the person buying from? Because somewhere the taste is better, people just buy. So therefore, many places made this the rule, because now, you don't know what's coming into the masjid. And then everybody else is now being made to shade. One is somebody bought it and ate it himself, that's bad enough. And now he bought it from a totally unreliable place and he's sharing it with others in the masjid, in Etekaf. So many masjids made it a rule, perhaps that's the rule here as well, that no takeout food will be brought into the masjid, something from home, etc. By all means, taking care of the masjid without soiling the masjid in any way. Somebody was sent some food from home, by all means. But buying from out now, because who's going to now go and investigate whether somebody bought it from a reliable place or not? So this has become the rule in many masjids. So in any case, that's a separate matter altogether. The principal issue, that this is something we have to be very...